Here we go. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Cover 3 podcast. I uh, hope you gentlemen are doing well. Uh, you know, a lot of things uh, definitely happened since our last episode. So uh, I actually kind of want to start it off. Um, so one thing I want to kind of just go straight into is the Cam Newton news uh, that just happened recently. So um, as you know, uh, Cam Newton was on a podcast called I Am Athlete, uh, which is a podcast that Brandon Marshall, uh, Chad Johnson, and Fred Taylor all host. Um, it's pretty popular. Um, so he was one of the guest uh, uh, speakers to join. And they, you know, they were going back and forth. And uh, there's a lot of speculation from the uh, podcast that he might come back. Um, I actually have a quote here. Uh, Marshall asked him if you thinking about you wanted to come back. So Marshall said, is there any chance you'll return to New England? And then he said, there are always a chance for everything. That's what Newton said. And then Marshall said right back to him, y'all talking? And then he said, I can't say that. And then everybody starts laughing in the room. So. So that's yes. So kind of want to spread it to the rest of the floor here. Do you think Cam Newton is your starting QB for the New England Patriots again in 2021? You can go first, Chuck. Uh, so what scares me is Bill's not going to pay for what a top tier quarterback is really valued for. So like we hear reports, I think from Jeff Howe possibly throughout the week here saying they've been uh, inquiring about quarterbacks, you know, Russell Wilson and uh, other quarterbacks around the league. I don't have the full report in front of me, but, um, and the asking price, he said that it's too much, which I'm sure, you know, someone like Russell Wilson's going for two first or something like that. You're giving away your future for that. So I, I maybe I agree with him for that, but I think, given the fact that Bill's not going to pay any or pay extra or even pay what is worth for some of those quarterbacks, he's going to, he might do the same thing as last year and just, you know, act like he knows what he's doing, wait and wait and wait. And realistically, he just doesn't want to buy into the market that the QB rate is at. And he's just going to, he's going to flop and come back to camp. Like I, I really think there's no plan. Um, I, I think the fluff or the piece from Jeff Howell, it was a fluff piece to get Boston fans at, you know, into the uh, the off season right now, but I just I just don't think there's any benefit from it. So I, I really think there is a chance he's come back, but I I don't think it's a I don't think it's a good move. Honestly, it, it didn't work out last year, and it it won't work out again. Honestly, yeah. So I think it's more likely than not that he's back. <clears throat> yeah. In what role we don't know. You know, maybe they sign a bunch of veteran guys to minimum contracts that won't count against your cap that much. I mean, they're projected to have the third or fourth highest cap this year. Or the, you know what I mean? The most money available to them. Um, right. You know, maybe they bring in, maybe they bring back Cam to a similar deal they had last year. And then they bring in Fitzpatrick. And then they bring in you know, a litany of other guys and they just hold like a quarterback camp and just see who they're going to rock with. You know, maybe this is the year that they let Stidham go. Maybe he just doesn't have it. Um, but as it stands right now, like 75% chance he's coming back. 
as a just, veteran player Cam is, do you think he could be brought back as kind of like a QB whisperer mentor to like maybe maybe we do draft one in the first second round and Cam is brought back just to like mentor him? Do you think that's a possibility too? Not in the capacity that Cam is going to sit on the bench and just be a quarterback coach kind of role. Uh, Cam, he's not going to come back in that role. I don't. I don't really like him in that position though. Like, don't no disrespect to Cam. Right, but his playing style—it's uh, a little bit different, in the sense of you know he's a—he uh, wasn't a good thrower, right? So if you actually bring a QB to help and develop, and yeah, you know Cam will gonna give him his tricks. What is Cam essentially teaching him that's going to help that young guy come in? Because it's two different playing styles. Are you is Cam giving him notes to help? you know, play the way like he likes to play or read the field. Cause Cam hasn't really been, you know, that great of a passer or that great of reading the field or reading coverages and things like that. No disrespect to the guy. I think he's a great player, um, but he's only been, I think in his 10 years being in the league, he's uh completion percentage has only been over 60%, like once or twice in his 10 years in, in, in a decade in the yeah. league. Yeah. So like, yeah. you know, it, it's kind of, I'm not saying he can't teach the guy some tricks and things like that, but what does Cam have to show from his play to help that young guy and make him feel confident to step in that role and actually be the guy? And like Falk said earlier, uh, Cam isn't going to accept that. You know, another piece from the article, you know, uh, sorry, not from the article, from the podcast, he said, uh, I don't think there's 32 guys better than me. Yeah. You know, that's a that's a big statement. Do I agree with him? Uh, yes, but if we're talking about all the 32 teams, he's definitely in the, you know, bottom at tier. the bottom, bottom yeah. tier. At a, you know, he's like well, two or three. I'm pretty so, sure QB quarter or, yeah, the QB play for New England was like bottom of the league or maybe next to bottom, if I'm not mistaken. I, like, we yeah. can only go up from choosing someone else, you would think, unless we get some <laughs> bomb off of the practice squad from the – New Orleans Saints or something like that. Yeah, exactly. So, like, for me, I don't think – I like the idea of having a QB camp and things like that that will definitely, you know, increase competition and, you know, step up people's games. But, I don't know, bringing a young guy and have Cam teach him some things, I just don't think that's going to translate or help that guy in general. That's just my opinion. I don't know what you guys think. But... Um, I think <clears> – <throat> think... If you're drafting a quarterback um, and you're bringing Cam in, you're taking a quarterback later. It's not going to be with that 15 yeah. overall pick. Because what's going to happen is exactly what happened um, to a couple of the younger quarterbacks in this league is they got brought, got brought in. Take Tua, for example. They got brought in to specifically learn. And if the season goes south, now there's going to be pressure from the fan base to get that kid started and maybe he's not ready you know maybe you bring in mac jones and you know the patriots offense we all know is so complex there's no way a rookie's going to come in and be able to absorb all of it come in and succeed it's just not going to happen Mm -hmm. um so i think at this point if you're playing if Belichick's plan is to bring back Cam Newton because he wants to have somebody with a little familiarity and he thinks he can really win with Cam. 
then you got to load up on offense. Yeah, there I shouldn't, agree. There shouldn't be one free agent on offense that you're not at least in the running for. You should not get beat out by a contract. You should get beat out by that individual free agent's interest in playing for your team. Right, exactly. Um, um, you know, I'm looking at the the Allen Robinsons, the, the Hunter Henrys, the guys who are at the top of their position right now. There's no reason that Belichick isn't picking up the phone and making an offer for them. For them to have as much money as they do, and they might even get more. There were reports earlier <laughs> last week that Dante Hightower was willing to restructure his contract um, and give the Patriots a little bit more money. We don't know if Marcus Cannon's coming back. It's been radio silent on his end. You know, do we need a right tackle? Mm-hmm. Kind of, kind of important. Yeah. Um, I don't think we'll. I don't think he's coming back. I don't think he's coming back either. He contemplated retiring two years ago. He's probably he might be on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but as but as it looks like right now, you know Dante Hightower's cap hit is twelve, called twelve and yeah. a half million. He restructures that, frees up a couple million. Marcus Cannon retires. That's I don't quite know how the retirement works. Um, you know, if we're only hit with the dead cap on his contract. But Marcus Cannon's on the books right now for nine million six hundred dollars, with a cap that's, hit of two and a half million. That's some money that we can use. Do, you yeah. know, it's just it's just all gravy at that point. It's all so, extra money that we should be able to use to get some of these guys. Mm-hmm. We right. should and not I, get outspent by anybody. Like I think the offensive line is there. It's one of the top. You know, we got the interior down. We had a good rookie right tackle come on, um, or tackle come on. <clears throat> but so I think you got protection up front, which is what a QB would want. Um, <clears throat> if you get one, and then maybe a subpar wide receiver, even like you bolster this roster. You just need a QB. Is there any thought if you guys think on like Bills just waiting for Jimmy G, like? Uh, or looking for trade know, offers. Man. I know that he must have asked about it by now, and I don't remember seeing any reports on that. But, like, I feel like Bill is set on, like, some guy. That's why no moves or no trades has happened. And he has to have either something in mind or we're really in for a scare. We're really in for, like, a, he has no idea what he's getting into. Well, I, th- I think, you know, piggyback on that, I think – has NFL free agency technically started? Like, no. when's the actual? Okay, yeah. So, I mean, it's a lot of. Right now, it's kind of like the hush hush type of talk. It's like head coaches texting to each other, head coaches and defensive coordinators, and maybe some guys in the personal office. It's like, hey, man, what do you uh, what do you think? You know, just I think they're just legit shooting the shit a little bit. I don't. I feel like once the NFL free agency market does open up, I think that's when things start to obviously escalate. Um, but I don't know. I don't think. You got rid of them. Now you want to bring them back. Doesn't that look bad on Bill Belichick's part? You know, well, we don't get rid of them. We just ex- we'll just re up his contract. Yeah, but like to trade him and then bring him back does that does that taint Bill a little bit? Yeah, I don't know. No, if that I, think, I think he knew no, who his guy was. He knew who Tom Brady's uh, successor was, and just it, unfortunately, it didn't work out the way due to management or due to you know, whatever personal belief you have. And it, Bill's hands was forced. He had to make a choice. And it, it honestly probably wasn't his choice. But 
So I think now if he does get his guy back, the guy that he wanted to succeed uh, or in succession, uh, I honestly, it might make him look better, honestly, if it turns out right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's fair. I, th- I think you might have won that Jimmy G trade. Um, yeah. Jimmy G, solid NFL quarterback. I don't think he's the the player that's going to put you above everybody else. I put Jimmy G in the same category as like a Philip Rivers. Like he might have a nice career, put up some decent numbers. I just don't know what they're going to win. Like they made it to the Super Bowl on the back of that ridiculous defense and they have really weapons on offense. offense. Yeah, yeah, no, they have they definitely have running backs. They have running backs. They got I think the best tight end in football, George Kittle. Yeah. You know, they got really good wide receivers right now with Debo Samuel and um, Ayuk. I, I just don't think Jimmy G is going to be that guy. And if he comes to New England, I really don't know how effective he's going to be because we don't know what we have for weapons as of right yeah. now. Right. Yeah, that's true. And Jimmy well, G that's... isn't that slinger that's going to just make, you know, that's going to elevate Nikhil Harry. You know, guys that are just have been a disappointment so far. Um, so, the other thing that scares me is just an injury history with Jimmy G. Like, yeah, uh, Bill might love him, but at the same point, you got to consider the fact that the guys, the guys are too thick. Like he, he, he gets hit, he, he's down. Whether it's ACL yeah. or just falling on his face or what, like it's just bad. He's always had ankle injuries too his whole <clears throat> career. Like they yeah. always, like he had mid, he had surgery again mid season, and then he's he gone for. Half the year, right? Yeah, and then he had the ACL. Then he had, like, AC joints, shoulder injury or something like that, too, I think. And he's Um, only, like, 28, 29, so he's still young, so. He's probably considered the peak of a QB career. I just. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough. So, going back to Cam Newton, right? Let's say if we do keep Cam, right? He is, you know, Pat's just like, hey, Pat's are like, yep, this is our guy for next year. What do you think the Patriots have to do from an offense standpoint to help Cam obviously succeed to elevate his career and actually try to win a championship and, you know, take it from there? Like, what are the goals? Like, if he comes back, what are you guys trying to achieve? How can we actually get back there? And what do you think they need to do to, you know, be back to the old Patriots of the last two decades or so? All right, teach him how to throw. <laughs> Teach oh, him out. Oh my god! Oh my god! I think it's too late now. He's already he's already right. thirty. He's thirty two. He's not going to change anything now. No, no, I agree with that. I think what you got is what you got. Um, supposedly, there was a report that came out today on the Zolak and Bertrand show um, that the reason that Cam Newton had trouble sh- completing passes, especially short passes to the right was he was too bulked up. And when he was training, he got too huge, and it threw off his throwing mechanics, supposedly. Um, so I guess Cam's Newton, Cam Newton's off-season mission this year is to lean up, to kind of get rid of some of that stuff, maybe be a little bit quicker. and Maybe that'll help him. Um, it's funny that you brought that up because he did mention that on the podcast. He's trying to – so he said uh, during the podcast he's trying to get down to 230. He's 250 right now. And listen, that might help him, you know, being a little bit lighter. He's going to be a little bit older. Um, maybe that helps. 
I, it sounds like an excuse to me. Um, yeah, I was going to say, that's, you know, that's, 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 if Tom Brady puts that's on 30 tough. pounds, he's probably still going to be able to throw the football. Um, yeah, what about, wasn't there that big guy, like heavy lefty or something like that? You remember that? Like some, some the Giants guy. backup quarterback? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like so he could guy, sling it. Guy had a cannon. His problem was is he was playing like at 280 as a quarterback. Yeah, yeah, he had, I know. He had like, saying, a, like yeah. But you, but you're right. He could still sling it. I don't know how accurate he was. He yeah. was a backup, and then I think he He's was probably, like I was gonna say he's probably throwing ducks. He was like a he was a like an arena probably. football champion, I think. Probably um, just as accurate as Cam Newton, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> no, but if, Balls if throwing five yards in front of the receiver. If your plan is to bring Cam Newton back, you as Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels need to look at, you know, what worked last year. You know, you don't have the playmakers right now to be able to just chuck and duck. I don't think um, Cam at this point in his career can play that way anyway. I think I was looking at his, his stats, and he's only hit sixty over 60% of his completions three or four times in his career. His career completion percentage is 60% on the dot, but most of that is skewed because he had one great season where he was throwing almost 70%. Right. right. Um, so if your plan is to bring him back, you need to make sure that, A, your offensive line is secure. You know, you need to bring back – I feel you need to bring back at least David Andrews. Um, and then you need one extra piece, especially if Marcus Cannon isn't coming back. Mm-hmm. Two, you need to load up your receivers and tight ends. You need to find a freaking tight end, man. Devin Asiasi is not going to get it done. Dalton Keene is I not going to get it done. Unless they have a ridiculous progression. I can't believe since Gronk, we haven't hit on a on a tight end. Don't you think that's crazy? In over a decade, we haven't hit on the tight end in the draft or free agency. Am I like how? How? I think it's a tough Bill. position to evaluate, but at the same yeah. time, we know Bill Belichick. He, that's not his strength. His strength isn't finding guys in the draft. He found Brady. That was finding a needle in the haystack. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. You know? So we. You know, Belichick's strength is his coaching ability in-game and prep and his ability to find veteran players that he can plug and play and make into special talents. He's not a guru that's going to find players in the draft. If you want that, go hire the wide receiver scout for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, go find some of those guys. True. Um, The Steelers are always – yeah, nothing cut you off. But, yeah, dude, the Steelers always find debt. Yeah, in that position, which is ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, ridiculous. Every year they always hit. You know, and that's why I wasn't too broken up about Nick Casario leaving, because I was like, yeah, you know, he's a veteran guy. He's been around. He was part of you know all the success we had here. How many drafts did we win though? That was his department. He was the director of player personnel and scouting. That's a good point. Uh, how many? You know, we hit on a couple guys. You know, J.C. Jackson, I would consider a hit. Yeah. Dante Hightower was a hit. Devin McCourty was a hit. Like, our mainstay guys are hits. But how many picks have we had under his um, under his supervision that were done? Oh, so many, dude. You know what I'm saying? So, maybe maybe a fresh start. Cyrus Jones. 
Yeah, that's the Freaking, one I was trying to think uh, of. Oh, my God. The go. failures in the second round are inexcusable. Oh, oh my God. Cyrus Jones. Who was the D tackle from Florida? Something. Uh, Dominic oh, Easley? Yes. Oh, yeah. my, yep. oh, my God. Duds, dude. Duds. He was, I'm pretty sure Easley was a first-round pick. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. And then I don't even know if he's in the league anymore, which is sad to say. But um, Actually, you know who I'm looking on here? What do you guys think of uh, Jonu Smith? Who? Jonu Smith. He's uh, so, tight end. So exactly. Uh, oh, tight end, Tennessee. Yeah. Um, I, I think I saw something today. I know he's a young guy. Uh, I think he's only like 24, 25. Uh, I heard he's got elite speed. I mean, I'm not sure what his stats were from last year and being Tennessee, but I mean, possibly, maybe. I just I, I haven't done enough research on him to see if he's a guy that we should go out and get. But all I've heard is he's a young dude, high motor, very athletic, and uh, can catch the football. So um, we'll take it. So pro football, fo- pro football network dot com. Their list of top free agents. They have him at fifty three. He was second in the league last year in yards after catch, behind only George right. Kittle. That's actually pretty good for all positions. Not even for just tight ends. I, I, all it might just league. be tight ends, but oh, okay. But still, I mean, the tight end position in the NFL now is essentially a receiving position. Yeah, um, you know, they said that because in his prior seasons he's never broken five hundred yards receiving, um, five hundred yards receiving, never had more than three receiving touchdowns, but he had Delaney Walker in front of him for his first couple seasons. So obviously Delaney Walker being as good as he was, he wasn't going to get a lot of production. So this might be a guy that you find for cheap on the market. You know, if you can give them, I, I'm hearing that Tennessee wants him back. If you can pay him a little bit more better than Tennessee, which as we discussed, there's no reason why you shouldn't, you know, you can get some guys like that in here. Um, but going back to the Cam Newton thing, if your priority is bringing him back and you think that's going to be your decision at quarterback going forward, you need to up your wide receivers, your tight ends, and your defense. Yep. You know, if there's, you need to, you need to build a better overall team around Cam. I was thinking about it earlier today. There were a couple games where we only lost by, you know, less yeah. than a touchdown. There were some right. games that were really close. You know, the Seattle game was a heartbreaker. Exactly. I think that first yeah. Dolphins game, didn't we lose that he threw one? For almost, he, yeah, he threw almost almost, uh, almost 400 yards, like 397 yeah. in the game. Cam was balling, bro. Yeah, no, th- I think you yeah. saw glimpses of Cam being able to play like Cam. He just didn't have enough around him, and he's not at the stage in the career where he can just turn on the Cam Newton show and that be it. You need to have more around him. You need to have a defense that can hold teams to less than, you know, 25 points per game. You need a def- uh, receiving core that isn't headlined by an undrafted free agent making his debut season, you know, making his, his coming out season this year. Yeah. It's, not, point. it's just not what you need. Um so I think even even for Kansas City too, we were close with them back and back, and then they ended up you know pulling away and stuff. But like, I, like I, you think about that too, you like you're right in it with some of the top teams, and maybe defensively you're holding them. It's just the offensive production needs to needs to rise. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think it's just you need to have more around them. And I think you got the short end of the stick on a few games. You, This team, I feel, could very well have been 9-7. and seven. You know, we didn't really steal yeah, yeah. any games from anybody last year. You know, yep. was there one game that stuck out in your mind? I was like, oh, probably should have lost that one. I don't think so. Cardinals? Oh, I think the Cardinals. Uh, well, I don't. I think the Cardinals actually pooped a bet against us because at that point, I think the Cardinals were like what six and three, seven and three. So yeah. they were a good team coming into us, and then we we kind of stole that game from them just because uh, everybody. At, we're already at midpoint through the season. You're already talking about playoffs, and the Cardinals were six and three, seven and three, and that was a good team coming into our. Uh, at our home, and we, I think we sold that game. I, I think our defense played, but I, I feel like that's the only game I could think of on the top of my head that's like, yeah, we we took it from them slightly. Yeah, I mean, you could make that argument. You know, that I think as it stands at this moment, I think the rosters are pretty even looking at their team, looking at our team. I would say, I would say that they have definitely don't have more... the DeAndre Hopkins, though. No, then that's the thing is they have more upside. Um, with their receiving core between between you know Andy Isabella, mass guy, good in the slot, obviously D Hop, obviously Christian Kirk, you know I think they have more weapons, um, and obviously Kyler Murray, solid solid player. He's probably going to turn into a top tier quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. Their defense just wasn't good, and they just lost Patrick Peterson. Um, I'm hearing that they were right. mutually splitting ways. Um, well, he's old, so it's it's time. Yeah, but that's just one of those positions where you know he maybe he can't play corner anymore. Are you telling me you can't play him at safety? A guy that just has ball instincts. Hmm. Anyway, not to get stuck up on the Cardinals. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, just just looking at our roster compared to theirs. I mean, you can make that case. Maybe we shouldn't have lost that game. Um, I mean, shouldn't have won that game, but other than that, we were in pretty much every game for the most part. I mean, we got our faces kicked in by LA, but other than that, I, we were in most of the games. It was just mm-hmm. a couple plays that didn't go our way. Cam turned over the ball a couple too many times, and that was our season. I think it's time now you take all this money that we have, load back up. And see what happens. It, it's becoming more and more apparent that Cam's coming back. That, that that's the way the momentum is rolling. So let's see what Junk, happens. What do you, uh, Junk? What do you think? What do you think? I'm not sure if you already gave your thoughts or not, but what do you think if Cam is your QB for 2021? Uh, besides learning to how to throw a football again, uh, how can how can we as an organization propel him to be a you know? Bring them back to old Cam and hopefully try to reach the playoffs this year. Yeah, I mean, we saw it in the beginning of the year, probably before he got COVID, where things were just working. Like, they were just, you know, the plays were there. He was making the right reads. Some of the option plays were just spot on. Like, we were tearing up defenses. And then it just, you know, he caught, he unfortunately had COVID and it dropped. So I think even if, you know, we go into the year with relatively close to the same team, like you should still see the productivity and you, you would think you can only go up. Um, but yeah, you, you got to get a supporting cast around him. You got to get some sort of, you know, high top tier free agent wide receiver to help him out so that he can 
you know, actually get some separation from the cornerbacks and be able to make an open play and stuff like that, you know, getting a tight end, maybe looking at trading for tight ends from other teams. Irv Smith is one that I've had my eye on. He's from Vikings, you know, yeah, not the greatest stats, but still underneath Kyle Rudolph, who's part of that team there and they're a run first team. So maybe the stats isn't going to be no, no matter what, but like, I think you just got to get supporting cast around them in order to, to, to improve the team. Honestly, you talk mm-hmm. about Irv Smith, Irv Smith. Jr. Yeah. Wasn't he yeah. that Alabama standout a couple of years ago? Yep. Yep. Yeah, no, I would, I would take him in a heartbeat. Exactly. Like I would take him over the, the pile of trash that we have right now. Like, Do you know what our tight end roster is right now? Four players. Like, I'll, I'll give yeah, you the names right Devin. now. Matt Lacoste, who I believe opted out last season. He's 29 years old. Uh, he's still on the team, dude. He's so trash. Devin Asiasi. Dalton Keene. Ryan Izzo. I think Ryan Izzo had the most catches last year, didn't he? Yep. yep. And he, all fucking bad. And he's actually the least expensive of all of them. Matt Lacoste is on the books at about a buck and a half million. Dalton Keene and Devin Asiasi are both a hair over a million. Ryan Izzo is not even making $900,000. He's pretty much on a veteran minimum contract. And he's producing the most, which is not much at all. But Ryan Izzo is a solid tight end three. Yep. Maybe an underachieving tight end two. Yep. Not, Not what the Patriots need. No. No, I think, and unfortunately, he's the one that knows the the offense probably the best, mm-hmm. and that's why he's getting the opportunities. But yeah, I mean, I, I, the other thing I think we got to do if we want to bring Cam back, or if we're going a different route, we got to decide now. We know this off season mm-hmm. is just is just you know, it's tough with COVID. You can't do much right now. Like you, it's hard to to get. Um, to get like preseason, you know, stuff underway, organized so that you'd be able to get um, compatible with some of the players there. Like, but they still do all uh, field workouts and stuff like that during this time. So I think like, if you need to know that you're going to be the QB of the New England Patriots, you got to know soon. You got to know, maybe not today, you know, February 23rd, but you got to know sometime within the next month or two that you're going to be here and you got to get chemistry with some of these guys or else it's not going to turn out good. Yep. Uh, one question for you guys. So this I think it, this is a big season for uh, obviously not just for the Patriots, but I think Bill specifically with all the drama that happened last year, you know, Tom Brady leaving, going to a new team, ending up actually winning the Super Bowl. Do you think this season, you know, if he doesn't make the playoffs again, back-to-back seasons, as great as he is, is this going to put a little, you know, cut in the armor, essentially? Are people going to be like, yeah, he's the GOAT, the greatest coach of all time, but after you had the greatest player, the greatest QB of all time, now he's not there anymore. Was it the player or was it the coach? So – is this a defining season for Bill or does he really care at this point of his career? Yeah. I just want to let you guys take it from there. I think if he gets less than seven wins, he's probably on the hot seat, if not out of here. 
Huh? Yo, wow, what a take. Yeah, I really, like, you got all this, you think about it, you got all this cap space, you got, you know, you got trade value for other teams, you have picks, whether you don't have, I think it's a third because we got caught stealing um, or videotaping again, yeah, New England, oh, awesome, but, like, <laughs> I think, like, we have all the weapons and all the ammo needed to produce a good season this year and get, and if it's injuries that stop us, that's one thing. But if we're just negligent and not caring and think that we can just do it how we've done it in the past, I think we're going to, we're going to see a lot of changes and a lot of culture changes coming soon for New England. Wow. Folk, what do you got, man? I mean, I agree. Um, Wow. One to one? You agree too? You think Bill's on the hot seat too, man? What the hell? I, I, I don't think so, he's on it yet. I don't think he's on it yet. So but. the the reason I look at it as that is Bill's in a unique situation where he's the coach and the GM. Right. So I highly doubt that if Kraft wanted to go in a different direction from a GM, from a player personnel standpoint – that he'll be able to do that with Bill still being the coach. Um, and, this, coach and Bill won't give it up. And that's the thing. Is I don't think Bill will willfully step down. Um, I don't think his pride would let him to do that. So I think, yeah, I think if they have a bad season, if Bill, with all the assets the Patriots have right now, the Patriots arguably have the most assets going into this offseason that they've ever had. Right. Between the cap space – where they sit at the draft. Um, they're probably getting three more picks coming in. There's no reason for this Patriots team to at least improve from the seven and nine record. You know, you're telling me that they can't get better enough to win three more games, four more games. And you also, you also have to take, you have to take into consideration. We did have one of the toughest schedules last season. Hmm. Uh, the so schedule hasn't come out for this year yet. Huh? Yep, we don't know what the schedule is yet. Um, yeah, you know, I think they're waiting to see what's going to go on with COVID. Um, but yeah, I think if the Patriots have another seven and nine season, or they get worse, Bill might be out of here. Wow, there, there are fans yeah. right now that want That's Bill out insane. now. There, there's yeah. people that are like, yeah, no, it was all Brady. See you, Bill. They're probably also Trump supporters and radicalists and all that. <laughs> yeah, I take it easy. easy. <laughs> um, what a twist. Uh, no, but but like a, I, I don't think that he's going to be able to take that well if Kraft tells him, hey, I need somebody else in charge of the GM. You're not getting it done anymore, Bill. I think he's going to be, you know what, then I guess I'm done too. You need to find a new head coach. I don't think he's wow. going to take the, the the motion well. Wow, and I don't. Yeah. I also don't think he can play nice with somebody. If somebody comes in and Bill, let's say Bill wants somebody, and the GM's like, "Yeah, I'm not bringing him in." Do you think that Bill's going to love that? Hell no. So. So yeah, so I think if the, I agree with Junker, if they have another bad season, they miss the playoffs, they underperform we see anywhere near the same dumpster fire we saw last season, Bill might be out of here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's got to be like a six and 10. Like if you get double digit losses, it, you, 
he is either on the hot seat or he is more than likely gone. Like, that's it. Like, there's no excuses now. You got everything at your hands right now. The only only thing I see going bad for you right now is the fact that Tom Brady is doing it in Tampa Bay. Granted, he has that offense and that defense is young and upcoming with good veterans as well. Um, That's the only sting you got against you. You got you got everything that a player would want. You got the money. You got everything a team would want. You got the draft pick. You got the pools. Like, there's nothing stopping you. You should go nothing but up from here. Now, does the scenario change if Cam's not back and we start a rookie and we're six and ten? Is Bill still in the hot seat? Yeah. What? Wow. He's still in the hot seat. Even for, for rookies, yeah. If he drafts a QB, we're gonna rock with this guy for the year, and we finish six and ten. Bill still in the hot seat? Because it's not like there aren't other options. It's not we have to go with right. the quarterback. Yeah. It's what are we all right, Bill. That like, is your decision that you want to rock with a rookie quarterback. You think you can do better than you did last year? Because last year's there. Cam has already said that he's way open to coming back to the Patriots. So that's your bar. Cam Newton is your bar. There's, I think we can all agree. There's plenty of room above that bar to improve. When he's comparing himself to being like one of the best 32, you know that's bad. So you can only go up. That's that's how Cam Newton's mindset is, though, and that's how I think you have to be to be a professional athlete in the NFL, especially at his position. Is you got to have that killer mentality. I'm better than you, even if it's not true. You. I think that's just the mentality that he has to have in order for him to be successful. Right. And if we're bringing right. him back, I mean, shit, I want Cam Newton to be successful. I want Cam Newton to win the damn MVP if he's coming back. Like, right. Yeah. It's, you know, I, but if you're, if that's your decision to bring in a rookie quarterback, and we talked about this last time about who was going to be available, you know, you're looking at a Mac Jones, a Kyle Trask, a, you know, one of these, you know, not necessarily that first tier, but that second tier quarterback. If you think you can bring them in and you're going to win with that guy, that's your decision. And if you, that decision blows up in your face and you draft a dud at 15, then that's going to make Bill look even worse. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I think that if he drafts a quarterback, especially early, and it doesn't go well, then that probably makes Bill's situation worse. It just reinforces the fact that everyone has the belief that no one is confident in his drafting, unless it's a defensive player. And even then, Cyrus Jones is of the world, Dominic Easley's of the world. Like, they're still haunting him, too. I think everyone's putting him under a microscope right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it's just at this point in time, your course of action should be see what you can get back from Cam. I think we all know Cam, there's a good chance he's coming back. Try and get him back on a vet minimum. You know, anything more than $2 million, I feel, is too much. He only made – so his salary last year uh, was $1.5. Uh, and then he had a roster bonus. So he almost made $1.1. 1. 1. Yeah, so uh, I, I could see him getting similar, maybe a little bit more. Um, there aren't going to be teams coming and banging down Cam Newton's door, especially after last year. So you can get him cheap. So I think that should be a bar. You should bring him in cheap. Yeah. Um, And maybe you draft a dual threat quarterback. You know, going back to the mentor thing, 
If you bring in right. a dual threat quarterback, that's right. now you're up Cam Newton's alley. Right. You know, that's, would, that's, I think, what I was trying to go for more, too. Yeah. Yeah. He's not going to teach, he's not going to teach Trevor Lawrence how to throw a football. It's just, it's <laughs> not going to happen. But yeah. if you bring in, you know, I, that Trey Lance kid is an interesting prospect. I don't know how good he's going to be, but he doesn't turn the ball over. So that shows that he's got pretty good instincts. And he's a dual threat quarterback. Um, you know, I'm looking at a mock draft right now. I believe it's M- Miller. Um, they have him going to eight to uh, Carolina. But maybe, you know, do what we said earlier. Bring back Cam. Draft one of these freaks wide receivers. This this class is supposed to be loaded at the wide receiver position. And then grab one of those guys later. I don't hate them bringing in somebody like Jamie Newman in the third round. The What's his name? The quarterback from um, Wake Forest. Yeah. I, I don't hate those. Because at, when you're getting a third round pick, you, you're starting to decrease. You, it's almost more of a risk. Every round is more of a gamble on a player. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're using a third round pick on a guy who has all the tools and maybe not the best decision making, maybe you can coach that aspect up. And now he's got the athletic tools and he's got the decision making. Well, damn, now you got a quarterback. Right. Yeah. And if you bring back Cam, you don't have to start that kid right away. He can watch for a year or two. I'll tell you what, I would give Cam Newton, if he sat down right now, I'd say, Cam, I'll give you two years, $4 million if you sign right now. Two years, $2 million each year. Sign it. We'll bring somebody in behind you. You'll be the starter. And let's see what we can do here. Yeah. That I mean, that might be where the Patriots go. We'll see. You heard, we'll you see. heard it here first. Yeah, Jesus <laughs> we'll see. Uh, I think there's just too many options out there. Like I think Adam Schefter with you for earlier in the year or early in, after the Super Bowl that like 18 quarterbacks, 20 quarterbacks could be available to to change teams this offseason via trades, via let go. Like I think there's just too many options. Too like it's good that the Patriots, you know, uh, Jeff Howell sent out the tweet saying they're doing their due diligence and checking out the quarterbacks. You know, seeing what's trading, what's going on, who's going to be released, all that stuff. But I just think there's no excuses for not doing better than a seven and nine. With when you have a plethora, you you have you you could just reach into the bag, probably pick out any quarterback, and almost all automatically better than Cam Newton. And you should do you should have a better season than a seven and nine season. Yeah, no, that's fair. All right. Especially when half those games were just missed by like what a touchdown or less. Like, yeah, they were pretty close games. Exactly, that's true. All right, time to close the Cam uh, Newton uh, topic, and I want to switch into other NFL news. Uh, Carson Wentz, boys, he's a cult. He's a cult. I love it. I he's love it. a cult. Uh, so let me just read the trade to you know kind of follow up here um the eagles traded uh obviously quarterback carson wentz to the indianapolis colts for a third round pick for the 2021 draft and a conditional 2022 second round pick that could turn into a first rounder 
depending on the conditions on how the I believe the Eagles finish or the Colts finish during the season. Um, so yeah, what do you guys think about the trade? Me personally, I think it's a good trade. I I think it's a good trade for both parties. I think the winner of the trade are the Colts. I think as much as you want to bash Carson Wentz, uh, obviously ever since that, you know, MVP year, I mean, he didn't win the MVP that year, but he was on a trajectory of being one of the top QBs in the league. And then he just kind of went down and he's still young. He still has a talented arm, still got the legs underneath him. If he can stay healthy and now he's joining his offensive coordinator, Frank Wright, who's the head coach now, who helped him during that MVP year before he got hurt when he was pulling up all those numbers. The Colts have probably the – I think the Colts have the best O-line in general. They have weapons. Do we see, you know, a second coming of Carson Wentz? Who do you think will win the trade? Who do you think lost? I'll let you guys take it from there. Go ahead, Falk. So I agree with you. I think it was a win on both sides. Um, I think the Eagles won the trade. If you, I would probably have to lean a little bit that way too, yeah. Because I think if you look at what the take back was, it was, it was a was it a second and a conditional? No, it was a third and uh, a conditional third, second yeah. that could turn into a first. Yep. Carson Wentz was terrible. He was the worst quarterback in the NFL last year. And I that's saying a lot from us because we had Cam Newton. Um, that's true. Yeah. So I think that Philly, for what they were able to get out of him, for where his stock was, that's a win. You're, you're getting potentially two top 100 picks for somebody who drastically underperformed and now you got options. You know, are you going to stick with Jalen Hurts? Jalen Hurts is a talented player. I don't know if he's going to be a great quarterback. Because, you know, he's more that dual threat option. But we saw at Oklahoma, the kid can sling it too. Mm. So, you know, I think they – I think the Eagles got what they wanted out of the trade. They got something for Carson Wentz. Yeah. They're valuable assets. I mean, a, a first-round pick in the NFL is gold. It's arguably the most important pick of all the sports. Yeah. The first rounder definitely has the most value of any of them. So um, the the pick, the second round pick that could turn to a first, it says that Wentz has to play at least 75% of the Colts' offensive snaps uh, for the Eagles to get that uh, first rounder. Uh, turn that second into a first rounder. Yeah, which, which is doable. And then they win it more, even if they only get the second out of it. Because if Carson Wentz goes down and only plays fifty percent of the games, then that's it's almost perfect. Because he would probably be playing no percent, zero percent of the games with Jalen Hurts. And I think they got with getting Carson Wentz off the books too, and clearing up some cap space with it too. I think I think it's a no brainer. Did they have to absorb any of his salary? <laughs> yeah, they had. So uh, I'm reading down the list. Colts will. Yeah. Uh, assume the balance of Carson's uh, Carson's Wentz one twenty eight million extension, including the ten million dollar uh, guaranteed bonus, which is due on the uh, March nineteenth. So yeah, they take off the contract, but the Eagles will take on thirty three point eight million yeah. uh, dollars in yeah. uh, dead cap hit, which is the largest in the league. 
which yeah. that sucks. Yeah, it's going to hurt, but they know they're not going to win right now anyways. I, I think, yeah, I think this is exactly. Gonna be a, this is going to be a big rebuild year for them. Um, Isn't it so, crazy that they were just they just won the Super Bowl not too long ago, and now they're rebuild year? You know what? Like, what I happened? Think they had a defense. go through this all the time. Yeah, they, they had a defense that brought them there. Their defense played unreal that year. Um, and then when push came to shove, Nick Foles just stepped up. And we could not stop that offense. But, I mean, just look at where they are now. They just fired that head coach. They said that him, was it Peterson and Wentz, didn't talk a ton of the season. Never a good thing. Um, For the Eagles to be able to do what they've – I think they're doing it right. I think they're trying to clear what they can. They're going to take the $33 million in dead cap this season. They're just going to take it in tra- – is it just this season or is it to, does it carry out into multiple years? Um, I would have to yeah, look no. into it. I think it's I would this have to year. Look into it a little bit more detail, but yeah. even then, like, hopefully they get it out of the way now because that would just be – You know, know, because you know you're not winning right now. You know right, you, have, exactly. you have more um, – you, you need more. Um, so, yeah, no, I think the Eagles definitely won that trade because then if – Let's say Carson Wentz doesn't get the 75% of the snaps and the Eagles don't get that first-round pick. You just got a second and a third-round pick for a backup quarterback to Jacoby Brissett. Exactly. Yeah, that's a good point. So, I mean, I think you win that trade too. A backup quarterback for a second and a third? No-brainer to me. I would do that deal now. Yeah. So who do you think uh, has the better roster now? Colts, Colts with Carson Colts. or Jay? Oh, wow. Okay. Then I'm not going to even finish the question. Fuck. Well, who's the wide receivers for the Eagles right now? Is it like Fulgram and like. Well, Deshaun uh, Jackson I... just retired. Right. And where's else? He retired Alshon or he moved to, or he's going to free agency? Yeah. I oh, think I thought he, he retired. Released. No, yeah, I, think I think he's he going released. to, yeah, I think he's going into free agency. He's actually somebody oh, that oh, supposedly the Patriots might be interested in. He's so old, though. He doesn't have it anymore. Just give it up. Listen, vet minimum. Do it the do it in the seventies. What the Eagles did. Just hold tryouts. Bring all these guys in. Vet yeah. minimum. See who's the. Oh man. Um, yeah, no. you got you got JJ RC got Whites Whiteside, Jalen Rager, John Hightower, Travis Fulgham. They sound yeah. all unknown names. Nikhil like Harry they... would look really good amongst those guys. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I think I think the Colts have the better roster there. I think they have the better defense. Um, the O line is tremendous, one of the best in the league. So I think Carson, oh, like I said before, getting traded to the Colts with the head coach who was the OC during his best year of his career, uh, it could it could revive him a little bit. Do you think the Colts win the AFC South? I don't think so. I still don't think so because so the that, Texans. Right? You got Houston. You got what? Jacksonville. Jacksonville and the Texans. All right. Honestly, now I think about it, that sounds like a shitty division. Wait, uh, Houston, Jacksonville, and Titans, right? Yeah. Wow. Do you guys see that Philly is $40 million over the projected salary cap? 
their team is going to be a their team is going to be a fire sale. Fire sale, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I'll tell you what, if I'm the Patriots, I'm calling them to see what they can do about getting somebody like Lane Johnson. What's his contract? So Lane Johnson's contract is a little high. Um, it's a, it sits right now at seventeen million. Um, you probably get them to keep a little bit of that. You know, do a little spend to save kind of deals. Um, they have a ton. They have a lot of big contracts. They have Fletcher Cox, who is a $24 million cap hit. And if they just cut him, it's $21 million in dead cap. Jeez. Lane yeah. Johnson, $17, $18 million cap hit. Almost $40 million in dead cap if they cut him. Some of these contracts are just insane lately, especially around the league now. It's, yeah, it's it's pretty ridiculous. Bad. And this is what happens where you, you – it's a volatility in the league right now. You go up and you, you win the, NFL, uh, the Super Bowl just like the Eagles did, and then all of a sudden a year or two, three later, four, you're, you're down in the dumpster, you know, sitting it, next to a hobo. Yeah, if I'm the Patriots, <laughs> I, I'm telling – I might be calling the Eagles and trying to – pillage some of their better players for just to give them some cap relief because they're according to spot rack they are 37 million dollars over salary cap damn their total salary cap sits at about 254 million dollars the cap is supposed to be 207 Yikes, boys! So Eagles are looking, like, Eagles are looking rough. But and that's another one of those situations that I feel the Patriots have to take advantage of. Is they got to look yeah. at teams like the Eagles that have are, a fire sale. Going that, on. Yeah, that they are. They know they're not going to win the Super Bowl unless Jalen Hurts freaks out. But it's not going to happen. So you got to look at some of these teams that are in, you know, salary cap purgatory. Yeah, almost crisis. And see what you can get. You know, take on a little bit of contract. But if you can get solid veteran players out of it, why wouldn't you do it? Because that's what you're missing on this roster right now. You're missing yeah. youth and solid talent. The drop-off yep. between what we have at the top of our value and the bottom of our value, we have no middle. Exactly. I think that was the issue the last three or four years and maybe even before that. Yeah, especially when you had Tom Brady, Julian Edelman, Devin McCourty, Pat Chung, even Hightower, just like towering the age. You need to get younger. You need to get faster. I think that's that's where we're in the Stone Age right now. It's tough. All right, so we're starting to run a little bit late. Do you guys want to talk any more other sports, or do you guys want to stay on the the NFL? The, by the way, I meant to bring this up earlier. The free agency starts for the NFL March 17th. So that's coming up in like two, three weeks. And um, I believe uh, tagging. What's that called? Franchise, tag. uh, Franchise, Franchise tagging. tagging. There we go. Um, I believe that starts today. I think it started this morning. Uh, I haven't seen any news, but uh, 
Dak's going to be on that list. Dak's going to be on that list. should be. Watch David Andrews to be on that list. Patriots, my franchise, David Andrews. How much is this? But the thing is, when you get franchise tag, you get paid at the top of the position, right? So I'm not sure who is the highest paid center right now in the league, but is. Does David Andrews deserve that money? Uh, actually, now I say that, yes, he does. He kind of, yeah. he's been a staple for a while there, so yeah, that's fair. Yeah, he's a solid player, and I think if you're looking to do what you want to do, um, he, I mean, I think you gotta pay guys like that, and you gotta show that you're willing to pay guys like that, or else you're not gonna want players aren't gonna want to come here. You mm-hmm. know, before. You know, the big talk of why we got free agents was because they were all willing to come here on a little bit cheaper deals, but they got to play with Tom Brady, and they got to be competitive. That's what brought guys here. You don't have that anymore, so now you need to show, all right, guys, we have a chance to win because we still have a great quarter, uh, coach who knows how to get there. Our roster isn't that bad. We just need a few pieces, and we'll give you the money that you're asking for. Yeah, I think the money is the most important part. You got the guards making what twenty five million, twenty four million. If if any quarterbacks not getting paid more than that, uh, it's tough. It's tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Completely agree. All right. So we could transition to some Celtics talks here. Do a couple Celtic talks minutes. Talk sure. about the last couple of games. Talk about the abomination. I mean, the games that they played in. Um, uh, I think honestly, if you piece apart that game, like the maybe the first half, so the last two games. Talking about, uh, I forget. I know the Pelicans game, and then I forget the other one. Um, they looked red hot. Like they couldn't be stopped. Everything was going their way, and then you just break it into like the second half of the game, and it just – it looks like a completely different team. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on, like, how to keep the morale going into the second second half and, like, anything – maybe some trades that are potentially something that will give us a little boost or or maybe we're just – we're still in this mode of, like, trying things out since we didn't have the preseason. And, and just some of your thoughts on this. Uh, go ahead, Folk. Um, so with the Celtics, it's tough because they have a talented team in terms of top end talent. You have two blossoming young stars in Tatum and Brown. I think they've showed that they're averaging, I think a little over 50 points a game, just the two of them. Um, so that's a ton of your offense. I think where we lack the most is the bench. I don't think we have one, to be completely honest. We don't have that guy coming off the bench that can take the lead and kind of put the team on his back for a few minutes while the, you know, your stars rest up or your starters rest up. Um, you know, Peyton Pritchard's been, you know, he's been fine. He's been a good story. He's come in. He's been solid, serviceable, like the kid. After that, I don't know who you got. I mean, you've got – We've got three centers. None of them are starters right now. Right. Tristan Thompson is okay. He is what he is. He's uh, a h- older, high-energy guy. So take that for what it is. Um, Daniel Tice would be a really good backup center. Um, he's a, he's, a, mm-hmm. he's shown that he can he's... start. 
but he's like six nine. And when you go up against bigger centers, like I don't know how he's doing tonight. I don't know if Kristaps Porzingis is playing. Um, I don't think so. I think he's out. Yeah. yeah like, who's the other? Uh, who's the other center? That big uh, dude. He's like seven. They four. have Marjanovic, yeah. but he's not a starter. Um, they have um, something Powell playing tonight. I mean, he's, I mean, he's not doing anything crazy. So um, the mm-hmm. Celtics are currently winning sixty-five to sixty in the third. Um, but I mean, you're looking at their bench, you know, looking at who's played tonight, they've had 10 players play tonight. Your starting lineup was Brown, Tatum, Kemba, Thompson, and Tice. Your backups that have played so far is Pritchard, Ojale, Nesmith, Robert Williams, and Grant Williams. Grant Williams has zero points. He's played seven minutes. Nesmith has zero points. He hasn't even taken a shot. He's played 10 minutes. You know, your bench scoring right now sits at about 14 points. So when you do that, when you're relying on your starters to score all your points, that's when you run into trouble in the playoffs. Because yeah, if you, they're going to get burnt out. If you shorten up that bench, you're going to only have seven guys that you're going to want to put on the floor. And I know right now Marcus Smart is out, and he's probably – He's he's like that fringe starter to six man um, position. I personally like him coming off the bench, but I don't know yeah. if we're talented enough to have him come off the bench. Yeah. Um, the Celtics need a player. You know, package up, send Tice somewhere, send Robert Williams somewhere. I personally like Robert Williams. I think he's a good player, and I think he's blossoming a little bit. You know, I watched him guard Zion the other night, who was unstoppable. And he held up better than anybody else we had. Tristan Thompson got pushed around a little bit. Daniel Tice, I mean, he did what he could. Um, I think he fared a little bit better than Thompson. But Robert Williams was by far the best of the three of them the other night. And I know they blew a 24-point lead, so that's not really saying a whole lot. But it still was better. Um I, I don't know. I think, you know, there's rumors out there right now about Boogie Cousins. He's getting released. I think there isn't a single player that the Celtics shouldn't be trying to bring in right now. Um, I don't think they have that luxury. I don't think they're talented enough to not want to bring in players because of something like a attitude issue. You know what I mean? Um do you think that, he gets you to the next stage, though? Like, I think Eastern Conference no. Final has been the pillar for these guys, or to, so to say, the the bar for them, like, or the ceiling, I should say, right now. Do you think that gets them over that? Do you if, think he gets them over that? If Kemba plays better than yes, I think I, I agree. I mean, I think if Kemba plays better just right now, at least they're getting there. But I think. Uh, I just don't know how much value he'll bring into the team, and if anything, in a in a in a team that's already terrible on morale right now, and you just bring in some uh, a player like that who has like uh, problems like off the off the court and all that stuff in the locker room issues, then it might just destroy your team. Yeah, me, me, yeah, me personally, I don't think um, you know Boogie Cousins is the answer. Um, I just think the Celtics are in a – I think they're in that weird early to mid-season funk where they're trying to figure out what they're trying to 
accomplish on offense. You know, Marcus Smart obviously not being on the court doesn't help either. Uh, but I just think they they had a short off season. You know, like the season ended what late October from the bubble to here, so you only have like a couple months. So it's kind of hard to bring the morale, try to bring it back again. Like, oh, we were so close enough to do it right again, to go back into the grind straight away and try to win games. I think it's, I think, I think all NBA teams right now are all tired. I think all NBA teams are all mentally tired as well. Uh, so it's just hard for them to kind of just get back up to speed and try to, you know, get their legs underneath them. But I do agree with Folk. I just don't think we have, we need a third guy when, you know, Jason isn't hitting. I mean, technically Kemba is the third guy, but he hasn't been hitting as well. I know he's still coming back from his knee issues, but uh, if we can try to get something offensively going and, you know, I don't hate the idea of Boogie Cousins, but is he going to help us get to the Easter Conference Finals? Maybe. I don't know. I think he's kind of washed up. I don't even think he played for the Lakers when they picked him up. Am I wrong? I don't even think he actually stepped on the court for that one year. He got hurt. He tore his meniscus. Or not his meniscus, his Achilles. Um, Yep. He was going to. It was going to be him and Anthony Davis um, starting the front court. But it just – he got hurt, I think, either in a preseason game or early on in the season, like before the first 10 games. Um, Let me me rephrase my point. I think Boogie Cousins works if you bring in – other players with him. I don't think Boogie Cousins is your one-player answer. I think he would be a piece to get you to where you want to be. The Celtics right now clearly want to be a contender. They clearly want to be a team that wins. Boogie Cousins gives you size, attitude, and scoring and rebounding ability. He's Um, actually so young. My bad. He's relatively – he's just been hurt. Um, Yeah. When Boogie Cousins, a few years ago, you know, he was a little bit younger and he was didn't have all these injury issues. He was the best center in the game. He was the Joel Embiid. Um, and he he's not going to be there, but he could get you 15 and 10, a couple assists, maybe a couple blocks on defense. He's 6'11", 260 pounds. It's a big dude. He's not going to get pushed around in the paint very often, and if he does, he gets pissed yeah. off. You get a technical here and there, but hey, that's fun to watch. You know, another Jesus. name that they were floating around was uh, Harrison Barnes. I think if you bring in Boogie and Harrison Barnes, now you got yourself a team. Because now you can take Marcus Smart off the bench. You can take Peyton Pritchard off the bench. Daniel Tice yeah. off the bench. You know, ne- yeah, now you're you're starting to get some players. Um but as it stands right now, I mean, you're looking at being the eighth seed or the seventh seed and getting eliminated in the first round by the one. That's where you are right now. Your team's just not that good. Yeah, I think you're really relying on two, two and a half people. Um, I just, the supporting cast, either Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown need to make them better and that's tough to do being so young. Um, it's been done before, but you either got to make the people around you better or, like you said, Danny Ainge, uh, he, needs to, he needs to turn it on. He needs to turn on Trader Danny and, and start start wheeling and dealing and start flipping mm-hmm. some of these guys. Some of these guys that have high value right now, like 
uh, Williams, like, you know, let's, let's see what we can get for some of these guys put out offers. Like if you really want to win, if you really want to have your picks like Jalen Brown, like Marcus Smart, uh, like Tatum, if you really want those to pan out, you really have to, you have to invest in uh, a surrounding cast in order to, to make these guys. You know, I agree with that. And, and I think tonight's game, the way it's going right now, is a perfect example of that you need more. You know, we don't have a lot of size, which means we re- need to rely on our outside shooting. We're soft. Too. You know, you know what our outside mm-hmm. shooting stands tonight. We have taken twenty-eight threes tonight. We've hit seven of them. We're yeah. shooting twenty-five percent from three-point. Yeah, Your starting point guard in Kemba Walker. Has played twenty two minutes tonight. He shot three of ten. One yep. of six from three. And, and your two stars are both two of seven from three. So it's showing that if your our three ball isn't hitting, we're not gonna win. And that's how a lot of the league is going right now, anyways. And I think if you bring in somebody like Boogie, that would help. Because now you have a low post threat. Is Tristan Thompson a low post threat? Tristan Thompson might have might be playing the best of anybody tonight. He's 20 minutes in. He's got eight points, ten rebounds, two assists. He's only taken five shots. He's not blowing me away, but I mean, he's not hurting the team. Yeah. He's not three of ten from shooting like your starting point guard is. Right. And I and I loved Kemba when he came here, man, but he is not right. He's, he's not, not the player we, we brought in. He's not he's, the player that we prospected to bring in, yeah. Yep, and I, th- and I think that's happened a couple times. Where's uh, where's, where's our boy Jeff Teague? Wasn't he supposed to be our backup point guard? Wasn't he supposed to be somebody who scored points off the bench? Oh, God. You know how many minutes he's played tonight? Zero. Zero. And he's he's been a did-not-play coach's decision the last couple games. Yeah. Damn, dude. Yeah. Yeah, I think, so it's like, what are we doing here? Yeah, I, I think Danny is in a – I think he's in a weird spot right now, just trying to figure out what the, the chemistry is, what the team is supposed to look like, yeah. how everything's supposed to flow. And I don't know. I mean, we're still kind of early-ish in the season. I mean, you're only 30 games in, but, you know, once you get to, like yeah, – like You're halfway. Yeah, like – if we're if we're here a month or two months from now and we're like thirty and thirty, that's a problem, right? Like now you're like on the bubble and making the playoffs, and yeah, man, it's just I don't know. We'll see. I mean, the Celtics, I I think they'll find a way to win. I think they'll definitely find their way to still be in the playoffs. But I agree with you, Falk. I think they might be one of those teams or just you know last season took a toll on them. I I don't think they have enough in them to kind of make a. Yeah, oh, you know, an actual deep run this year again, and they'll they'll just lose in the first round, and you know it is what it is. But I, yeah, I mean, especially when you have Harden on the Nets now, seventy sixers are twenty and eleven. You know, Bucks still have Giannis. Like, there's some really good teams in the East. I know the East still gets shit on for like not being the as good as conference as the Western Conference, but still, dude. dude just those three teams alone, there's no way the Celtics you think are going to beat those guys. There's no way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, too, um, Danny Ainge, he was on 98.5, the sports hub this morning. Um, and I think he put himself on the clock, if I remember 
correctly. I think uh, he was quoted as saying that it's not it's not a coach issue. It's not a team issue. It's a him issue. So I, I think he even recognizes like he needs to step up and actually get the supporting cast, get get uh, you know start wheeling and dealing and start getting this team bulked up for the for the playoffs. Because right now you are not sitting in the right spot that you want to be in. You want to be in the top four. You want to be in the bottom four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's valid. Very valid. All right, boys. Uh, want to get to, into some Bruins news. Uh, big game uh, for the Bruins the other night. Freaking port. The freaking Flyers, three to seven. Uh, to be honest with you, first of all, the scenery in Lake Tahoe, that was probably one of the coolest NHL games I've ever watched in my whole entire life. Um, but to see the Flyers go down like that, to see the the team chemistry, the Bruins are uh, showing right now, especially pregame with the '90s gear and things like that. You know, the Bruins are they're at peak right now, and I, I think I like where we are right now. I think we like where I think I like what we see, what we have on the ice. Uh, scoring has been basically easy for them. I just I don't know. Do you think we're the best team in the league right now? I think we lost Faulkner for a moment here, but um, oh, he went in my yeah, head. yeah. I don't know, um, but as far as best team, um, I think we're in the top echelon. I, I don't know if we're exactly the best team. I think what we're putting out on the ice right now, yeah, sure, it looks, it looks top there for nothing. Um, um, you know, and Pasta hitting the the Hattie. There yeah. on the ice, there. Um, I think that's that's a good sign. It looks like he's full healthy, almost and ready to go. Looks like he's off the ailing injuries, uh, and he's been putting out in the clinic this year so far. Uh, the team's in a really good standing. I think, you know, if if you told me today that they'll be in the, you know, if they're in the Presidents Cup and all that, yeah, I'd believe it. But I, I just think the league is a coin flip once you get to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Every game is so intense, and it's one of the true sports where when you get to the playoffs, you you could be perceived as the best team. You could be out in the first yeah, round. So that's that's a valid point. I think, I think, I think the NHL playoffs are probably the most underrated playoffs out of all the four uh, major North American sports. I think they're the most fun, and it's the grind, dude. You know, you're two yeah. months plus in just playing hockey games every other night. Uh, just to win a freaking cup, uh, I just freaking I just love it, man. I think everybody everybody shows up. The effort just intensifies. Um, and right now we're number one uh, in our division. We're eleven and three and two, right. which is pretty insane. And then the closest team behind us are the Capitals at nine and five. Right. So I mean that's a pretty good gap right there. So I mean, you know, I really do think that hopefully that loss that we took from the St. Uh, St. Louis blues a year ago, two years ago now definitely motivated us um, to get, to get back up to, to actually get a freaking W to actually bring the cup home. It's been almost 10 years or something right. like that since we actually won the cup, if I'm mistaken. So uh, yeah, man, it's, it's time for the Bruins to step up. I think like folk before we kind of started the episode going, um, we have the best uh, coach in the league, I believe. I think we have the best players in the league. I think everybody's healthy. I mean, still, we still got a couple guys hurt, but we're we're in a good spot. If we can keep riding this wave, we'll be in good shape. 
Yeah, yeah, I 100% agree. Um, I think in order to win, in order to get past the hump that we didn't get past, uh, we just need – kind of similar to the Celtics. You need more from the sporting cast. So you got those young and upcoming studs coming up. You got Stanika, you got um, Jake DeBrus, you know. You got some of these young guys who – Jake DeBrus did depor- uh, perform in the in the Cup uh, Finals two years ago, mm-hmm. but I still think like you need more support um, to get you know a little more confidence going in the top line because once that top line gets going, it, it doesn't matter you you're gonna win the game. It just it matters if they're in the zone or not. But if they're not, then you need that supporting cast in order to carry it or at least sustain it. Yeah, because um, once that top cast is going. They're, they are the best line in all of hockey. Yeah. I completely agree with you, Bruin. I completely agree. Um, anything yeah. you else want to kind of go over? I'm not sure what happened to Falk, but uh, some technical uh, difficulties. But uh, anything that you want to yeah, cover, uh, Junk, before we uh, sign off here? Yeah, just um, prayers. Shout out to Tiger Woods. Seems like he was into in a, in a major car crash. Yeah. Um, you know, think what you want about him, about his personal life and everything that's transpired over maybe the last decade or more. Um, but, you know, the guy was a competitor. The guy, he won. The guy the guy was insane. Um, one of the top tier uh, pro golf players ever that we've ever seen. Um, you know, I, I just wish all the best for him, making sure that he's okay. Um Sounds like things are going okay. Sounds like it's not, you know, life or, de- or death situation. Sounds like it's just, you know, rehabilitation that's uh, ahead of him. I just, you know, I just want to touch on that and make sure we got that out yeah, there. Yeah, absolutely. Prayers up to Tiger Woods and his family. Hope they're, uh, you know, the jaws of life were had to use to get him out. But I heard he did. Uh, it's not life-threatening, so he will uh, live, which is good. Um, but, yeah, man, it's – it's crazy, dude. Uh, I think, you know, it kind of brings everything back into for a uh, full circle a little bit. Like uh, his career, no matter whatever stuff, you know, happened off the course, he is the greatest athlete to ever touch the golf course. He is the like it, it doesn't come even close like Jack Nicholson and uh, all those uh, all those other guys like, dude, like no way. Like it. We understand maybe the older generation could be like, oh, no, no, it's definitely Nicholson. I, I get that because of the yeah. majors and the wins, but Tiger Woods changed the game of golf. He made golf fucking cool. Like now. He made it cool. I was going to say, he brought swagger to it that wasn't there before. The tight fitted shirts, you know, all the, all the marketing and everything. Like I think he transcended golf to what it is now, and it might not be at its peak right now, the way it was with Tiger Woods, they're still trying to find their guy. They're still trying to find their mojo, but yeah, I, I agree. Um, I, I think, I think pro golf, I think it's gotten a little too much into the money. I think like if you were to get in like 10th or even 20th place, like you still get like a million dollars or whatever. The contracts and things like that. Yeah. I think once a golfer knows, like, oh, I'm at this tier, like, I don't know if I have to give it my 110%. I think that's the only thing that I look under a microscope and go, all right, the guys back in the day, you know, probably first place was a lot of money. And then second place, probably not third place, fourth. I don't know. I I have to look more into it. But I think 
there might have been more competition back in the day, which is why Jack Nicholas or whatever, mm-hmm. he um like I think he got second place like nineteen times, which is insane. Yeah. Uh, but it just sh- goes to show, like, the guy was a competitor all the way to the end, even if he didn't win, still competing right to the last hole. And, you know, sometimes you don't get out on top. Uh, the ball goes one way or another. But, um, you know, you can put it under so many lenses. But, yeah, uh, one of the top-tier athletes, you know, I, I put him. If there was a route mush- uh, uh, Mount Rushmore of, like, athletes, he might be up there. At least for this time, this like this time period, he might be up there. Brady's up there. LeBron's up Serena there. Williams is up there. Yeah, yeah. Like they're just like maybe even yeah, they're just the greatest at their sport. It's tough. Like I, I like Sidney Crosby, but I do think Ob might be up there too. Like he just he is lights out on the ice. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, but tribute to. Tribute to Tiger Woods. Yeah, exactly. A hell of a dude. Hopefully, uh, is safe and uh, yeah, man. Hopefully, gets back on the course as soon as possible. So, um, but yeah. other than that, uh, that is episode two of Cover Three. Uh, folks, sorry to sorry to end the podcast. I'm not sure what happened. I know you can still hear us, but uh, yeah, I think he's apologizing to our fans, so it's no yeah. worries. <laughs> so, uh, but I think it was a good episode. We'll be back again next week uh, to talk more about NFL news and th- uh, you know things like that.